Hey everyone, this is David Viger, and I'm excited to be a part of Humans of Telecom. Hey everyone, a very warm welcome to Humans of Telecom, the Unplugged podcast. This is your host Anurag Agarwal, Chief Growth Officer at Globe Teleservices. We are now on the 10th episode of this podcast series, and I must say, I never expected it to be such a fascinating ride. From women leaders in Africa to telecom professionals turned army men in Ukraine, we witnessed so much. The feedback and the love from the industry for this initiative so far has been so much better than I could have ever imagined it to be. So, it was only fair that for this 10th milestone episode of mine, I invite one of my most favorite humans of telecom. This man is definitely one of the most influential individuals within our industry and one of the first few people I interacted with nearly a decade ago when I entered the world of telecoms. He has worked with some of the most fascinating brands that any of us can dream of working with and the world has been his oyster. I'll let him do the rest of the talking himself. So please join me in welcoming David Weiger, VP and GM at TrueSense, a root mobile company. David, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being a part of this journey. We'd love to hear more about you and from which part of the world are you joining this podcast today? Hey, Anurag, and, and thank you very much for having me uh, on, on uh, today. So I'm joining you from Berkhamsted, which is a small town uh, on the outskirts of London. Um, mm. We're in the county of Hertfordshire, uh, about a 30-minute train ride from central London. Uh, sadly, the weather is typically British. It is raining cats and dogs outside today. Well, uh, I think most of our meetings have been in a similar British weather, so, you know, it feels at home. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So, David, I guess uh, the first question which many of us would like to know, uh, tell us a bit more about David, about your journey. You've been in the telecom space for a long time. You've uh, conquered so many fronts in telecom. So, how did the journey begin for David and how's the going been? The, the journey began a little bit by accident. Um, when I went, I went to university, I studied economics. And like most of my peers studying economics, my career plan was either to go into financial services or into the graduate scheme of one of the big accountancy firms. Uh-huh. Now, in the UK, uh, the grading system um, starts, if you get great grades, you get a first class degree, then it's an upper second class degree, then a lower second class degree, and then a third class degree. To get into the City of London, to get into any of the big accountancy firms, you need to get an upper second class degree. Uh Sadly, my grades weren't good enough. I got a lower (laughs) second class um, and that that cut off all those those routes for me. So after university, I I went onto all the jobs websites. I started applying left, right and centre for financial analyst positions. And I found one. I got an interview at a a company called Telly2, a company I'd not come across before based in Twickenham in southwest London. So I pitch up, have an interview. I wouldn't say I understood everything they were telling me, um, but luckily they offered me the job and uh, I gladly accepted it. It turns out, uh, found out two years later, that the job um, wasn't uh, wasn't a financial analyst job. It was a pricing analyst job. And indeed, the initial job I had was to do pricing. So, uh, Providers sent pricing in. I had to play around with them, upload them into the system and make recommendations to the team on whether we should switch suppliers based on new pricing. 
Um, and I found out a couple of years down the road from uh, from Ken and Anthony, the, the two guys I was working for, that actually they'd meant they, they'd asked to post a pricing analyst role, but the recruitment agent uh, had got it wrong and posted financial analyst, and that's the reason I'd applied for it. So uh, I did wind up in in telecoms a little bit by accident. I have to say it's one of the happiest accidents of my career um, because I've I've loved every minute of working in in this industry. Um, from Tele2, uh, I, I spent a couple of the years there learning the ropes in the voice industry, so figuring out how we route international voice calls, um, looking at the pricing, looking at the operations side, looking at uh, a little bit on the technical side. I then moved into procurement, um, and that's really where I've stayed for most of my career. From Tele2, I moved into iBasis. Uh, at the time, they were merging with KPN, uh, Royal Dutch Telecom. Uh, that was a very interesting place to be because iBasis at the time was one of the, the largest players in the voice market, in the voice wholesale market. So a really great place to learn how to do things at scale. Whilst at iBasis, um, I like to shop around for new things to do and, and new things to learn. And one of the things that I found was SMS. iBasis has decided to get into the SMS market. They needed someone to build uh, a supply base and they asked me to do that. Uh, it was very interesting for me. I got to have a bit more control. I got to go find a whole bunch of new providers out there. And that's where I bumped into Tony Jamoose and Eric Nadalin, um, who'd founded a company called Nexmo. Mm -hmm. At the time, I thought Nexmo was just a very interesting small wholesaler, a couple of cool guys. They, they seemed, like they know, seemed like they knew what they were talking about. And I remember uh, on the way home, uh, Tony sent me a text message. I was at Waterloo Station on platform 19, just about to get onto the train back to Richmond where we live, lived. And Tony had texted me to say, hey, we're looking for someone to manage carrier relations, manage procurement, do you know anyone? And of course, at that time, I'd started to think about what was next for me. So of course I replied, oh yes, me, 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 me. <laughs> um, had a few chats with, with Tony and Eric and joined the team there. Um, uh -huh. First day, uh, walked into the office. I was the only person there. And I was the only person there for about three weeks until they hired another person in London, a guy called Marco. Um, I think when I joined, there were six or seven people in the company. So very, very small, but very exciting. And we worked really hard as a team. And I think we achieved great success. Um, four years later, the business selling to Vonage, a uh, big US telco. Um, uh -huh. Through there, I, I was able to experience building a team, building products, leading a, leading a portion of a business. I got experience in the corporate development side of things, and, and it was really exciting. And that, that's really where I got my teeth into SMS properly. Vonage acquired Nexmo. I did a couple more years there, uh, working on, on some special projects. And one of the projects I worked on was sourcing for uh, a certain social media company, uh, a cer certain search engine that I'm sure many people have heard of. <laughs> And through my work there, um, just as I was looking again at what was next, their recruitment team called me and said, would you like to come for an interview? Um, and and that's, that's a call you don't say no to. So I went there, uh, I had, had an interview. Um, I got very, very excited. Um, and, and thankfully, um, six interviews later, uh, they offered me a job. And I spent two, two wonderful years working with fantastic people at Google, solving some really interesting problems. And, and there's a, certainly a project I'm there that I'm very proud to have worked on. Um, my, my journey at Google wasn't actually that long. Um, a couple of years in, um, I got a call from Twilio. They were, they were launching um, 
a, a new messaging exchange, which sounded very interesting. They asked me to come on um, in back into a, a kind of leadership role. And I felt for my, you know, for the future of my career, that was probably a good place to, to build some more um, leadership experience. Mm-hmm. Twilio, for those of you who don't know, is you know, widely regarded as one of, if not the leader in the communications platforms as a service space. Mm-hmm. They are a big company, 7,000 people or so. Um, and that was a great place for me to learn how to scale, how to lead in a, in a large company. And I learned a, a huge amount there. Um, more recently then, uh, I had a call from Rajdeep, the founder of Root Mobile. He's someone I've known for a long, long time and, and someone I have a huge amount of respect for. Mm-hmm. I've watched Root Mobile grow from the early days and I, I feel it's a company that one thing they really get right is they keep their, their, their people are happy and the people there feel um, they feel engaged and they feel like they're, they're doing something worthwhile. And you see that in the retention there. So they asked me to come on board uh, and I'm now um, in a general manager position at, at, at TrueSense, which is the, the new mobile identity business. And that's really where I'm, I'm where my career is focused now is identity. So it's been a journey. Uh, yeah, I, I've had great experience in voice messaging and now into identity. I've been fortunate to work at, at each part of the value chain on the originating side at Google to the guys in the middle at iBasis and, and Nexmo, and then also at mobile operators at Tele2 and KPN. So, uh, David, first and foremost, in that uh, flurry of uh, experiences which you shared, uh, uh, we must uh, profoundly thank that executive who fuddled up on the on the <laughs> job description. <laughs> had had that error not happened, we wouldn't have had the dynamic David Weiger as part of our industry. <laughs> <laughs> so uh first and foremost uh wherever you are i'm sure you're listening to this podcast so thank you so much on behalf of the entire cpass ecosystem <laughs> and uh david so i was uh you know i was counting while you were uh, mentioning so many experiences so i saw that's that's like uh, the fifth company for you now right so uh, uh what's been the span of this journey uh when did this journey begin oh uh that's a question uh i think I think I would have started in 2005. Uh, some, uh, so autumn of 2005 was when I joined Tele2. So that's 18, 18 years ago now. Yeah, and uh, I must say that uh, your experiences seem enough for a lifetime, actually. So <laughs> <laughs> I've been very fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That That's great. So, so David, in the midst of so many wonderful experiences... Share with us one experience which you feel has been the most memorable or impactful one. Uh, it could be a project, it could be a moment, uh, something that has been a very significant part of your career so far. Oh, I think the most impact, impactful project I've worked on um, was during my time at Google. Um, I was very fortunate to work on the Google Station project. Google mm-hmm. Station, for those who don't know, was a project that Google had to provide free, fast public Wi-Fi in, in public places in emerging markets, mm-hmm. in India, in places like railway stations and in public libraries. Um, and in South Africa, um, it included putting Wi-Fi into the townships um, and, and being able to work on that project and, and understanding the value that that could bring to those communities by allowing them to get online, uh, and certainly in some of those places, you know, being able to get online opens up the ability to to, to have a bank account. It, it opens up the ability to become an entrepreneur, 
Um, and I think the, the impact that that, that has, is able to have on people's lives is really significant. And, and through my career, there are a number of these projects that I've worked on that I feel I, I can really feel that it's made a, a human impact. But that certainly was the, the I think, the, the most memorable for, for the level of impact I think that that, that had. And, you know, uh, given the fact that I come from India, uh, we've actually experienced this service in India. And uh, I think it's a shame at the moment. I think that service uh, has been paused. But uh, while we were at it, you know, it was actually very interesting. And those were still in those days when, uh, you know, your... 4G bandwidth was not really out there and, you know, it was wonderful to get access to free Wi-Fi at our New Delhi railway station. So thank you to Google and to you for as long as that was on. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we'll shift gears a bit. So, you know, that was more on the telecom side and your professional side. So let's uh, understand a bit more about David. So, uh, David, uh, I always find you to be a very fascinating personality. I know for a fact over the years of our friendship that you have a multifaceted personality, in fact. So uh, let's hear a bit more about uh, how do you recharge yourself? What is your passion? Uh, what is it that is David's calling? Yeah, I have a few passions. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a big foodie. Uh, I, I like mm-hmm. to cook. I like to, to try new foods and things. Uh, and, and, and I like to, to go out and eat. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been one of the great joys of being in this industry. I've, I've, I've had the opportunity to to, to experience a number of, um, you know, working in different countries and cultures and, and the food is part of that experience. Um, I, I, I enjoy, um, I enjoy wine. Um, I had a, I have a small collection of wine. Um, so mm-hmm. that, that certainly is a passion for me. Uh, but the big one that helps me recharge, uh, I, when I was, when I was at school, um, I learned to play the flute and I still play today. So every Thursday evening, uh, I, I, jump into my car, I drive down to Richmond in southwest London, and I play with the Q Wind Orchestra, which is a community orchestra uh, made up of amateurs just like myself, who enjoy playing music. Uh, we, we, we rehearse once a week, we play some music, we go to the pub and have a drink and, and have, a, have a catch up. Uh, three or four times a year, we, we play concerts in and around London. And, and that's really the, the thing I really do to recharge. It, it allows me to escape from everything else that, that's going on. Um, and just immerse myself in in music which is 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 really something that relaxes me interesting so you know firstly for all our listeners uh there is a phrase that goes as that the way to a man's heart is through his stomach <laughs> and i think mr weiger truly epitomizes that quote you know uh, i've been on the other side of the table when we have to coax uh, david into giving us more business and i've seen that one lunch meeting has helped a lot more than 10 sheets of uh, sharing rates and routes and features. So, David, I totally get that first part that food is definitely your calling. And uh, uh, flute, that's actually very interesting. So, uh, uh, you know, I mean, music for sure is something which uh, is a calling for a lot of people. And one doesn't hear so much about the flute, actually. You know, you hear about other instruments like guitars and drums and you know, uh, the synthesizer maybe. So uh, uh, how has that experience been for you? I mean, you've been playing for so many years. Uh, uh, how, how how does that actually uh, help you in evolving as a human being? For me, it's, it's about relaxation um, primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it allows me to escape from everything. As I said, it allows me to escape from everything else that's going on in, you know, any stresses I have from, from work, from life, 
you know, I've, I have a couple of hours where I can focus on on playing some music. I can enjoy that, um, and that yeah, that really helps me to relax. For, mm-hmm. for me as well, as a as a child, as a teenager, I invested a lot of time and energy uh, in in learning, um, in, in playing with you know with with lo- with the youth wind orchestras, playing with the university symphony orchestra. Uh, I've invested a lot of time in in being able to play the you know as, as well as I think I do today. And it's I, I, I get a sense of satisfaction that you know I haven't wasted all of that time and effort that I'm still making use of that today. Right. So you know, I think it's actually good that you know childhood passion actually continues because I think life comes in the way and one actually misses out on their childhood passion with uh, years going by. So that's amazing that you stuck onto it. <laughs> So, uh, uh, David, we uh, are now going to shift again to another section where we talk a bit more about, uh, we play a couple of games, actually. So, okay. you know, we, we, we're going to ask a couple of things and we'll see how that goes. So, in the first part of the section, uh, I'm going to throw five words at you. And yep. for each word, I'd love to understand what's the first thought that comes to your mind. So, uh, as I tell all our guests, that uh, be spontaneous, be human, be original, <laughs> and we look forward to uh, what you think. <laughs> so, uh, the first word is uh, identity. Ooh, um, opportunity keeps coming into my head, which I guess is is very <laughs> timely and relevant since that's what I'm doing today. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've been watching the identity space for a, for a, for a little while now, and actually, a lot of what I've been doing in the messaging space for the last right. ten years has has actually been around um, identity, and mm-hmm. really now we're looking at how can we do this better? How can we help protect people from the bad actors out there? Um, right. How can we how can we help them avoid losing money, and 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 how can we help them have a better on, online experience? So for me, that's just a huge opportunity. So that's the new definition of identity for David. All right. Uh, second one would be motivation. Impact again, as, as I said, I think in earlier with the, the projects I've worked on, um, I really enjoy the work I do because of the impact it has. Uh, and that really has kept me motivated for, for the last 18 years or so. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so I also know that uh, you are a tremendous family person. So the third one is family. Yeah, that's that's obviously my my boys and my wife. So I have uh, I have three boys. Um, mm-hmm. They're now eight, six, and four years old. Um, uh-huh. uh, so they keep us very busy, um, but it's it's lots of fun. Um, at weekend, my weekends are mostly spent uh, watching football. Um, but my oldest, in particular, is 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 very very keen on football. Um, uh-huh. My middle one, I'm managing his uh, his youth football team, which is really great fun. Uh, every Sunday, uh, we 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 turn up at a different venue, um, eight boys, um, and it's just great fun. What's really nice there is that, um, and and my son absolutely, my my middle son Arthur absolutely epitomizes this. Even when they lose, even when it's pouring with rain and it's cold, they come off the pitch at the end of the game, and the first thing they ask me is, "Can we play more?" And, and that's really great to to, to see. Uh, and now my my youngest son um, has also started getting into football, so that's that's really nice. And it, it's um, yeah, it's a real real pleasure to see that at the weekends. But yeah, um, yeah, family is absolutely very important to me. Wonderful. Okay, the next word is uh, mentor. 
Oh, there's a choice there. I've been I've been very very lucky that I've had some very very good uh, leaders throughout my career, and, and certainly some that I, I would absolutely call a mentor. Um, I, I think the three that most come into my head, and and I I really apologise you know to those whose names I don't say, and that's not to diminish the the impact that they've had. Mm-hmm. Um, but firstly, Ken Bodley, who was my first manager at Tele Two, uh, he mm-hmm. he brought me into the industry. I obviously learned a huge amount from him. Um, the second one is Phil Holcomb. Um, so when, when, when Nexmo started to grow, uh, Tony brought Phil in um, to, to kind of to, to lead the operations efforts. Mm-hmm. And fairly quickly, I think it was, you know, it, 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 was, it was the right decision um, that, that my organization would, would kind of fall into him. He, had, he has phenomenal experience, um, you know, in, in running large you know, large departments, large organizations where there's a, an element of organization needed. And, and for me personally, Phil was absolutely fantastic as a guide on um, really just, yeah, how, how, you know, how, how to make decisions, what, you know, where, where I'm doing the right thing, where I'm going off on, on a tangent, all those kind of things. Right. He was a fantastic person to work for. And I think the third person, probably Richard Woolhouse, um, who was my last manager at Google, mm-hmm. um, in, 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 particularly around building strategy and, and thinking slightly more long term, um, he was he was a really good person for that. But again, I don't want to diminish you know the the, the many other people that I've I've worked for and, and been fortunate to work for. Right, and I can see that each one of these three mentors and so many other leaders that we interact with, I think they all leave their little bit of their footprints on yep. our personality. So that's amazing. Exactly. And the last one is a little more interesting. It's uh, guilty pleasures. Oh well, well, I've already told you about the wine, of course. Um, <laughs> I, I do enjoy; I really enjoy wine. I, I, I enjoy learning about wine and the regions and, and the grape varieties and, and things like that. Uh, I think you know what I'm going to say, Anurag, and that's karaoke, because um, <laughs> you and I have shared a, a number of uh, very memorable <laughs> evenings uh, at a karaoke bar somewhere in the world. Uh, when I was when I was in uh, when I was a teenager, um, uh, part. Uh, as well as playing the flute, I was very into things like musical theatre. I was always in the school plays, school musicals. At, at, at university, I was in Exeter University Footlight Society. Um, mm-hmm. I've always been very interested in that. I, I enjoy singing, and you know, and, and today that really is karaoke. So whenever there's a conference, if there's an opportunity to go to a karaoke bar with you know friends such as yourself, um, as you know, I'm always the first one um, leading the charge. Absolutely. I can vouch for that. And, you know, in fact, I can definitely owe a lot of my career success also to karaoke. (laughs) That's where I actually (laughs) bonded with you and so many people from the industry. So I can totally vibe with that. (laughs) I seem to recall, was was yours Hot Stepper? Uh, No, uh, you're saying my my favorite one? Uh, Mine was uh, Mambo Number 5. (laughs) That was uh, Mambo Number (laughs) 5. Oh God! And and I remember how how much I goofed up on it. I I still remember we were I think uh, we were in Brussels and we yes. went 
uh, we went to this karaoke bar and i remember that uh, as they say it was like a rookie mistake for me i chose that one because i thought that's the closest to a familiar song that i have and i remember how badly i performed and i think that actually helped bonding at a different level as well <laughs> yeah I, i remember that evening that was that was a lot of fun but that's the nice thing about karaoke particularly amongst friends it doesn't matter how bad you are <laughs> absolutely it's yeah. all about whether you're having fun Yeah I know and I think that communal feeling is amazing out here. <laughs> Wonderful. That's that's been very interesting David. So uh now we play yet another game and I I I must confess that you know I have never won at this. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I and I have a strong feeling that yet again uh with you I don't stand a chance but we'll give it a shot. So uh I want you to say two truths and a lie. Okay. And I'll try and guess which one is the lie. All right. Okay. So I'm going to give you three potential jobs that I had when I was a teenager. <laughs> okay. okay. First one, a security guard in a shop. Okay. Second one, a paper boy. And the third one, a skate guard at a roller disco. Mm. <laughs> oh god, this this is going to be a tough one. Um <laughs> I I I'm quite sure you must have been a paper boy at some point you know I I I think that's a journey which many of us have been through um uh, I'll go with the skate guard is the lie is the lie I I don't think you've been a skate guard so so for for the viewers out there um when when you think about security guard you you probably picture someone who who's you know got a bit of muscle on them got mm-hmm. a, a decent bit of bodily presence I am not a muscly guy I'm relatively thin i'm quite <laughs> tall i i'm not what you would con- you know i'm i'm not how you might picture a security guard however anurag you're wrong again <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> i was a security guard in a shop um when i was 16 i worked for wilkinsons or wilcos um so uh-huh. those in the uk will recognize wilcos as um as as a well everything you everything you need in the house except for your your weekly groceries uh i started as a, a saturday till boy um uh and and over time progressed to do a whole number of roles in in the store um shelf stacking uh, i i did i worked on nights bringing the deliveries in and yes there were times when due to um a lack of security guards and and the fact that i was the kind of odd job guy at that point i was the security guard for a time mm-hmm. um which i'm i'm sure i probably wouldn't have put too many would be uh, thieves off um i was a skate guard um one of uh, one of the, the the main sports i played when i was younger uh, was skater hockey which at the time was a very fast growing sport in the uk uh-huh. um I think roller hockey um it's a, it's a it's a variation on roller hockey really um and, and i played that for a number of years i got quite good at roller skating i used to go to the roller discos and i, I can't even remember how i got this got into this but i knew someone who ran a roller disco I think it was through the hockey and he he asked me if I could come along and do a you know be a skate card at a few parties I I I I earned some you know token amount of money so I get to count that as a job I have never been a paper boy <laughs> Well you know there is a sort sort of a sweet irony around that because if you really think about it a paper boy is basically somebody who's delivering news and information out there to people mm. and if you look at our role in the cpas space that's exactly what we are doing so my friend i think we are all paper boys and paper girls of sorts yep <laughs> absolutely <laughs> all right but uh, yet again i lose i'm sure i'm going to win some day 
And uh, David, a final one out here. Um, I'm sure uh, you know, with your three sons and your wife, or even in your own free time, you you watched movies. So tell us one movie which is something that you can actually uh, relate a lot to. And if there was one character out there, who would that be that you would like to play? Okay, I don't really think I can relate to this character that much myself. But um, one of my favorite movies is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, uh-huh. It's a movie from the 1980s. Ferris Bueller, um, slightly wayward teenager, decides to uh, bunk off school for the day with his girlfriend and his best friend. Mm-hmm. And they go off on some crazy adventure. Um, his best friend is, is, is a little bit uptight. Um, and at the end, you know, he, yeah, he, his, his, yeah, his best friend, you know, has a, a bit of an epiphany and just relaxes a bit. Um, and, and doesn't take things too seriously. And I just like that movie because it's it's very easy to watch. It's quite funny. Um, uh-huh. and, and it's just got a nice, I think it's got, it's got a nice story to it about just not taking things too seriously. Uh, and that's really why I like that movie so much. And, uh, you know, I think it seems to have rubbed off as an effect on you as well, because, you know, in all our conversations, I've seen that we, we come across so many challenges, uh, business challenges, but somehow I always feel that, you know, you take it on your chin and you just move on with all the challenges. So maybe it's actually rubbed off on you in a positive way. <laughs> Hopefully, yes. <laughs> Wonderful. So, um, David, uh, you know, we've been um, having so much fun, like in every conversation that we do. But uh, sadly so, we are finally at the, the, the last section of uh, this podcast. And uh, two quick questions here. Firstly, uh, we know you're very active in the industry. Uh, I think half the time you're on a plane. So if somebody wants to meet David Weiger and take him out for a glass of wine or in your case, a bottle of wine, uh, where can one meet David? Um, So the next conference I'll be attending is likely to be uh, ITW, International Telecoms Week. Uh-huh. It's it's one of the largest shows in the wholesale voice messaging and data space. It's held in Washington, D.C. at the Gaylord National Conference Center. Mm-hmm. And I think from memory, it's the 14th to the 17th of May. Uh, uh-huh. So you will hopefully see me there for, for a couple of days, which will be nice. It'd be nice to catch up with um, friends old and new um, from uh, my time in the industry. Wonderful. And anything else in the offering after that? Uh, not decided yet. Uh, Obviously, the summer is a little bit quieter as everyone goes off on their summer vacations. Mm-hmm. I know the autumn gets a little bit busier. Um, mm-hmm. Within true sense, we're we're very much at a stage of of building, iterating our products. So um, we're being quite careful about you know, about the, the you know where geographically we're focused. So at the moment, it, it's I'm not sure. It may be Croatia for the GSMA wholesale event. It, it right. could be the Philippines for Asia Carry Conference. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure yet. We will see. But certainly ITW in Washington is is where you'll find me next. Wonderful. So guys, uh, book your tickets for Washington if you want to meet this wonderful human being. So on that note, uh, David, our final question, which is our signature question, that mm-hmm. what does being human mean to you? What sort of a human being would you want the world to remember you as? I think... Uh, I think there's two things for me that, that resonate. One is being kind, um, which I think we all we all should try to be. And it's difficult. And I know I'm guilty of not being kind at, at times. But I think that's one of the greatest human qualities that that, that, that exists is, is the ability to, to, to just recognize that kindness is, 
know, it, it really helps people. So I think that's mm-hmm. one thing. And, I, and as I said a couple of times on the call, it's it's impact. You know, I'd love to be remembered for someone who 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 changed something meaningful for people. Right, and I think David, in all the roles that you played. Uh, I think you really created a lot of impact on people around you. I can vouch for it for my own self. So for sure, uh, mm-hmm. I think you've really done what you were planning to do. So great. That's wonderful. Thank you, Anna. Thanks, David. And uh, thank you so much for being part of this journey. And, you know, I think in the coming years, uh, one would look forward to seeing you achieve so many more milestones. So we all look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thank you very much for having me, Anurag, and I look forward to catch up, t- catching up with you in person uh, in the near future. Absolutely, David. So thank you once again. And uh, to all our wonderful listeners out here, thanks a lot for tuning into the show. We hope this episode gave you a good glimpse of the human side of David Weiger. As always, it is such an interesting conversation with this person whenever we get together. And I actually feel really happy that today you all got to be a part of it too. So, do stay tuned in because we shall soon be coming out with yet another episode. More fascinating stories from the telecom space. Do follow the podcast on your preferred streaming channel. On behalf of Humans of Telecom, this is your host Anurag Agarwal signing off for now. Take care.